Banshee Super Train Minisode. This one isn't quite as long as the previous Minisode, but I, I don't know at, at what point do we go over Minisode. I think over half an hour is more than a Minisode, but as our normal episodes are like 90 to 100, 105 minutes, we're still calling this a Minisode. Uh, this is uh, an episode about the Night Strangler, the second Kolchak TV movie, sequel to Night Stalker, which aired January 16th, 1973, written by Richard Matheson. This was a, a new um, new script. It wasn't based on a, a novel like the, the previous one. And it was directed by Dan Curtis, who had produced the first one, and I believe produced this one also. And this one, um, Kolchak is now in Seattle, and uh, Vincenzo is working there also. And Vincenzo hires him on because there have been a series of killings of uh, exotic dancers, and they've been stra- all of them have been strangled, ne- necks crushed, and um, blood taken from them. And one of the things they find on all the necks is uh, traces of rotting flesh. And as with the first film, he begins to, Kolchak begins to um, examine what's going on. In this one, in, in the previous one, he had a girlfriend. In this one, he meets a lovely lady who sort of becomes his gal. She's an exotic dancer. And he begins investigating, finding out that uh, similar killings that occurred in Seattle, I, I forget, is that every 20 years or something like that? And um, he begins to investigate, and, and, and eventually it leads him to um, underground Seattle, which we will talk about in our discussion, and finding out who the Night Strangler is, and I'll just stop there. So, uh, again, Tim S. Turner is with us, and I'm just going to play a little bit of music right here, and then we'll begin our discussion. See you on the other side of this. <laughs> The Night Strangler, our second Kolchak TV movie. And as with the first one, I have here my good friend Tim S. Turner. Tim, how are you? Oh, I'm doing excellent. Uh, so this this is, yeah, this is The Night Strangler. This is, what, a year, year and a half later, whenever it was. Um, and uh, we are watching again. We are, I think we were both watching this from the uh, uh, Kino Lorber Blu-ray, which looks incredible. But before I yak anymore, I'm going to ask... Uh, Tim, what what did you what do you think of this one? Well, I you know I don't know if this is a popular opinion or an unpopular opinion. I think this is the superior film. Mm. I think it's better written. Uh, it, they added uh, some um, some humor in it, uh, not too much to make it. You know, they didn't camp it up, but I, I think uh, they did a little bit, some tweaks onto Colshack's uh, character. And I, I I really enjoy this one, and I I think the more that they delve into the mystery, especially with the great Wally Cox, uh, the more interesting it becomes. I think it's I think it's a better structured, more fun and interesting film actually. The 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 only the only problem I have with it, um, uh, the well the only two problems I have with it is that one. If if you do watch it immediately after the Night Stalker, there are bits that are just they're just it's they're just repeating segments and bits and, sure. and things like yeah. that. Um, now, now, like you said, it, it, if when if you but however, if you watch it after the Night Stalker, there is a feeling that the Night Stalker is almost um, tentative in some ways. You know how it was written, like. Um, uh, it it isn't quite as expansive. It's much you know. It th- this does have more. Well, oh, g- good example in in the Night Stalker, the FBI guy does all the research. 
Yes. I mean, Carl, Carl looks up how to kill a vampire, but we all know that. But the FBI <laughs> guy does the research. But in this one, Carl, you get to see him actually do like reporting, looking up research and going to various people and getting bits of information here, bits of information there, you know, checking this out, going over here. So there, there's almost more of like if, if the, like the Night Stalkers them like, well, let's not go too crazy. Let's just keep to like the through line of it's a vampire and we're to go at it and there are these jerks in the you know in the in the local government giving him trouble but th- this one is more expansive and, and has sort of more a little bit more of everything like they were like okay we did the first one and we were a little calm on you know uh carl doing the research and you know we were um you know, a little tentative slightly maybe on the romance he was having with Carol Lindley's character. Let's go a little more. Let's go bigger on this. And so there's 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 more of a feeling like like a, a good sequel. Um, sort of we we the characters are already established, so now we can expand sort of the world around them, kind of. And I think this does a very good job uh, of that. And and the only the only um, the the only uh, apart from some things being repeated. Um, uh, and and I will say this, although I, I like Dan Curtis's Dan Curtis is less sort of um, um, action oriented than Moxie is in mm-hmm. his direction. Dan Curtis is more like um, uh, like when um, uh, Kolchak goes to talk to Wally Cox to interview him about being Mister Peepers. I'm kidding. He goes to <laughs> talk to Wally Cox uh, because he's the archivist at the um, at the newspaper, um, and. And and there's just like there's one great scene where they're like they've got these huge books with the old newspapers in them and they're sort of like the foreground is that there's like a stack of books in the foreground and then they're kind of behind the books in the background and it's almost one long take and um, Dan Curtis is more about he uses more zooms um, and he uses more um, sort of uh, not as many cutaways. He's more of a master shot, setting up a, a pretty nice-looking shot with sort of like something in the foreground, something in the background kind of thing. More more suspenseful, more sort of eerie than Moxie, who was very good at the scary and stuff, but he's a little more paced, paced more like, like, like when the soundtrack picks up, you know, that's more like Moxie. Dan Curtis is a little, he's got a different, he's got a different style, which I think is probably more horror than, than Moxie is. And you could, you can tell when you're watching it. And I, I think the, and the only drawback with that, I think is that, um, I think Moxie shoots a better action scene. So I think the, uh, the, the, um, the action scenes in this one, like, like where they sort of recreate the hospital attack scene kind of, well, a variation of it in this one and, and the killer gets away. Um, I don't, I like it. But it's not as sort of it doesn't have the full on like whoa that the that the hospital scene in Night Stalker has and that's that's fine I, I you know it, it doesn't have to um, but uh, but the, yeah they're very different directors they got a very very different style but they're both they're both uh, they both work um, the 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 only problem I had and I've said this before and according to the Tim Lucas commentary at the beginning he he confirms this um, and that is that this. And in, in Alvin Merrill's TV movie book, it says this, too, that the original version of this was in a 90-minute time slot, so it was the same length as Night Stalker, about 74, 75 minutes. Right. But this was at that time when you had Duel, and I, there were a few other films around that time that they were adding extra scenes to and trying to get released, like, in Europe theatrically. The same with and Columbo, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. And, and, so, um, and so this one has... There's the... 
there's, I think it's lost as far as I can tell, the original version, like the original 74, 75 minute version. And then there's the version we've, there's the version I saw on VHS like 20 years ago. There's the version I got on DVD 10 years ago. Um, and there's the version on Blu-ray, which is 90 minutes. And I, the, the one problem I have that I, is I, there are occasional moments, especially there's, there's one Vincenzo Kolchak, Carl scene, um, about, uh, I, I, sh I should have written down which one it was because there are quite a few of them where it's just, you know, them yelling back and forth at one another. But there's like one, one near the end where I was like, this seems a little superfluous. I feel like maybe we didn't need this one here. And so there, that, that's my only thing with Night Strangler is that there's the occasional moment in there where I think, hmm, I wonder if this scene was one they added later. Now, it, I don't think, I don't think, it, I don't think it, um, I don't think it, it, I think it's still nicely paced and well put together, but boy, I would love to see that original 75 minute version. Well, I'd also like to see the one, there was a, 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 a character that is listed in the credits, but he's never shown because they cut him out and I, and he's not even in the 90 minute version. Um, and uh, is uh, actor George Tobias uh -huh. who was on Bewitched, uh, Abner, come look. Um, oh sure, <laughs> and uh, well, he he played the reporter Jimmy Stacks, who reported on the murders twenty one years ago, and they mention him when he's talking to uh, Mr. Barry uh, Wally Cox. Yes, yes. And it was filmed, and he like I said, he's in the credits, but he's not in the film, and so I kind of like to see that just you know out of curiosity to see what they did with it, but. Um, yeah. There's um, one of the things that's great about this one is they develop the the Kolshak Vincenzo relationship much more uh -huh. than in the Night Stalker, to where you can tell there's there's kind of like a playful thing with Kolshak with like he likes to needle him yeah. a little <laughs> bit like he comes in and he and he he he's got his story and he's holding it by the the corners. Of the paper, yes, he's, yes, like, yes. he's like, "What is it?" You know, he's like, well, just, 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 look, just, just read the, read the first, the first sentence." First you know, and, he, he's, and he's got this big grin on his face, and he's like, "Oh, it's identical." He's like, "Identical." <laughs> he's got this big smile, and he's so excited. He's like, "Oh, you're gonna love this part right here." You know? <laughs> and, 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 and of course, Vincenzo just looks like he's just like, "Where's the mailbox?" You know, "Oh my god." Yes, he's yeah. It just starts the movie. He starts the movie off going to a bar and getting like a glass of milk. Yeah, I think. Yeah. You know. Oh no! <laughs> I, I will say that he has he, Vincenzo has a much nicer office. Yes. At this newspaper than he did. Um, the, the chintzy little office he had in Vegas. He is a much nicer space in Seattle. Yeah, uh, and but I, I do like the fact that it's like if you watch it, uh, Vincenzo, even though he's just like, oh my god, just please stop, stop doing this stupid story. He actually prints it at the mm. end. You see, he he was actually going, okay, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt, a 144 year old killer stocking Seattle and he printed like 20 copies but it got stopped mm -hmm. and so you, in that way you see that he's coming really respecting Carl like okay yeah yeah I, th I could I could look at this and, and I personally think it's all BS but you know you obviously did your research you're a good reporter I'm, I'm gonna publish mm -hmm. it and then of course that gets him fired as well <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes yes and I mean 
the the ending of this is similar to the ending of Night Stalker, but it's more it's 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 got a different um there's a different uh tone. It's more comical. To it's more it's much more comical like Vincenzo and and uh, Carl in the in the car together and then all of a sudden Joanne Flugs in the back seat. It's just okay, you know, we're not alone this time. Wherever it is we're going, we're we're not alone. Um and uh uh oh, what was I going to say? Um oh gosh, my mind just went blank. Oh, oh, it's because. Oh, okay. Let's talk. Let's talk briefly about Joanne Flug, who I always call Joanne Pufflug. And <laughs> I, I, thought, I, I thought it was Flug, but I mean, is it Flug? Oh, I'm know. never going to get it right. I'm never going to get it right. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but she's in this, and she's sort of love interest. She's a um, uh, uh, an exotic um, dancer. Yes. Uh, and um, and her her and Carl hit it off. Yeah, she's ladies. charmed by him, even though yes. even though he tells her on the Space Needle, oh yeah, by the way, I I, I was charged with murder for driving a straight stake through somebody's heart. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which, by the way, great scene uh, where wherein she looks like a cross between a picnic table and Holly Hobby. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, with her outfit and, and yeah. <laughs> with that checkerboard. Uh, pantsuit. Oh my god, um, that, that's one of those times where you go, "Yep, seventies." <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Carol Lindley got the better wardrobe. Oh, she definitely got uh, the better end of that deal. Um, yeah. And yeah. Uh, I, but you know, it's, it's funny. Joanne Flug or Flug. Um, I never. I always remembered her from this, from two things: this and Match Game. I, I never remember her hmm. seeing her in anything else, even though she obviously sh- had a, a career. Yes. She, I, I know her from a bunch of bunch of things. One, one of the things I, I, um, is she's in a um a Gemini Man episode mm. where she plays a like a tennis. Um, uh, she she turns out to be a bit spy related, but she plays a tennis um, tennis instructor who teaches um Ben Murphy's character how to play tennis. <laughs> and I I remember uh yeah, and she's in um, uh she's in very short shorts when she's doing that. I don't know. I'm just saying that. I'm just that's well, just a comment on her wardrobe. All I can say is, at six years old, I didn't know what sex was, but I knew I liked her. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, it, it is interesting that, it, or, or maybe it's maybe it's not that in um, in Night Stalker, there's no there's sort of no chance or no mention or, or I, I don't think it's even sort of broached that. Um, that a Carol Lindley's character will go anywhere with Carl near the vampire, whereas in this she, uh, Joanne F P F L U G, uh, her she she will um she no she goes deep in the underground Seattle with him, and almost like follows him into the space where the bad guy is in the end. But he tells her to stay here, and then he goes because he's the hero, and that's that's Carl for you. But it's, I, I like I like that that she sort of um. They involve her more. She's less peripheral than than Carolina. Oh yeah, she's was. she's uh, diving in. She goes in. The only reason that she doesn't go with him is he tells her to go get the police. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, give me twenty minutes and uh, get yes. get the police. And uh, uh, yeah, I, I think um, one of the reasons I like this one so much and it, it, that it is ninety minutes. It's it's expansive, and so they bring in these other. Uh, great character, Margaret Hamilton. Yes, she gets to see <laughs> as <laughs> Professor Hester Crabwell. One of, there you <laughs> one go. Of the best character names ever. Um, <laughs> she's wonderful. I kind of wish she had been in more than just the one scene. 
because uh, you know it's like if that had been possible, I'd be sitting before you an eighty year old sex pot. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love her. Yeah, I, like Carradine, of course. Yes. Uh, yes. Carradine's got um, some great moments, uh, like when he's uh, at the end when they're there, and uh, Wally Cox comes in, and he's like, uh, "You don't know him? He's worked for you for thirty-seven years." He's like, "My God." <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, I think one one of the things I do uh, like about Night Strangler is that Night Stalker very specifically. Um, and this may be another thing when I was talking about it being slightly more tentative when compared to this, uses a vampire. Whereas this, it's more, um, what the hell is going on? Yeah, it's not And it clear. just gets, yeah, it gets weirder and weirder as it goes. And it becomes, it becomes sort of like a lovely, well, it's, I don't know what the term for it is, but it's like a mystery where there's no way we could figure it out kind of thing, you know, where gradually clues are revealed until here's what's happening. What is what is what is that called? That's not a mystery. I mean, like in a in a proper mystery, we'd get the clues and then we'd go, ah, it's this. Or, but this is more like um, I don't I don't know. I'm always trying because whenever I watch like Giallo films, mm-hmm. I, I they, they do that a lot. You know, where it's something like say Deep Red. You know, there's it's filled with clues. It's filled with little, but you're never gonna. There's never going to be a point when you're watching that movie. You go, ah, now it all makes sense. Well, the only way you're going <laughs> it makes sense is when you get to the end and they explain what's going on. I will say and that's, that I did think it was really kind of cool, and I, I, I don't know if this is intentional. I mean, I, I'm assuming, but the way they have the the killer in this, he's basically dressed like the killer in Bird with the Crystal Plumage. Oh yeah, I mean mm-hmm. identical with the, with the the mm-hmm. black. Uh, leather trench coat with the 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 black hat pulled down and the mm-hmm. gloves and um it's it's very jallo esque yes yeah, also very um I want to say blood and black lacy too yeah um, mm-hmm. yeah yeah oh. and there is too in the um in the, uh, the the scene where the woman gets killed in the um the restaurant almost has some um there's like wonderful oh, weird lighting around her yeah that's a nice creepy weird scene yeah. Well, it's a great scene because it it really shows uh, the absolute desperation and the fury of this care, killer uh, and how mm-hmm. powerful he is. Yeah. And, I mean, he just smashes through the window and just starts throwing tables as he's coming at her. And, mm-hmm. and actually, her murder, when he's crushing her throat, is pretty violent. Um, yes. I remember yeah. I, I was just watching it uh, this morning. I was like, oh, my God. That's like, yeah. for 1974, that seems pretty uh, pretty intense. Yeah, um, yeah. I think uh, this also has the superior uh, climax for me because you get the whole Seattle underground thing, which is incredible. Which is which is fantastic. They 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 only really use the first part of it at the very beginning of it. The rest is um, the Bradbury Building Mm -hmm. uh, with with a bunch of ground fog and some extra little you know accoutrement like uh, you know gas lamps and. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe like they had like a, I saw a horse carriage and stuff, um, but I mean the whole uh, the world they create in that whole final scene is so fantastic. Yes, it's just yes. creepy and it it, it it honestly there's a certain amount of unreal unrealistic uh, when you look at it. It's like oh it's like three stories high the buildings and like how in the hell is everything staying up? Yeah. without yeah. collapsing um but mm-hmm. 
it, it's done in such a great way with all the cobwebs and uh, when you 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 see um, Doctor Richard Malcolm or Malcolm Richards, uh, you see like his family are all dead around this table. Yes, um, yes, that's yeah. And then we're finally in the last ten fifteen minutes we're introduced to Doctor Richard Malcolm uh, Richard Anderson from Six Million Dollar Man, mm-hmm. and he is so good. He makes the most of that fifteen minutes. Yes, he's very um, he's very quiet, mm-hmm. um, very sinister, but very powerful, and you and Carl's terrified of him. You can yes. because he's he's watched him throw people around, and he mm. even grabbed him at one point, and he was only saved because cops showed up. Um, and when he tells his story about uh, when he discovered the elixir of life. And uh, and everything. I think that is such one. Of, I think that's one of the best um, uh, segments of any of the the whole Colshack uh, canon. I, I love that mm-hmm. entire scene. Yeah, it it is great too because it's the um in in again uh, sort of like in Night Stalker they didn't have that scene because the vampire didn't speak. Right. So in this one they're able to have that scene and it works brilliantly. So maybe they could have done it with a vampire, but. Again, it's sort of like I guess there's sort of, especially like in the script, there's there's a definite. Well, I guess I was going to say there's a definite confidence all the way around. But after the ratings of the first one, why wouldn't there be? You know, there's there's a definite feeling that we're going to expand everything. We're going to go just a little bit further, and you know, rather than a dingy dark house, you get this enormous space with these buildings and everything which you kind of look at like I still watch it even though you know I sort of know how it all works and everything now I still watch it and I'm just amazed it's like this this is inc- this is incredible and it's so weird too. Oh, yeah. it's just such a weird it's <laughs> such a weird all the way around it's such a weird um concept and I and I love and again I think it's like Richard Matheson is a very imaginative writer and the, the joy of Night Stalker is it's so lean, it's no nonsense, it does its thing, and its imagination is the way it can weave a supernatural tale into like a gritty reporter tale in Vegas. This is clearly more out there, and this is him having fun and just going a little crazier. And if if what I've read about it, like the third film that they were going to make, The Night Killers, is even nuttier, yes, was going to be even nuttier than this one. So there, there is something about the the fact that when it starts off, one can almost get the feeling like, oh, is this another vampire? What is this? But then things begin to expand and expand, and and it just, it's 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 a lot of fun. Yeah, you know, l- listen to you talk about it now. Actually, I, I want to go watch it again and uh, and put my uh, put my thoughts about um, the extra fifteen minutes to one side and just sort of let it uh, let it roll over me. Well, and uh, Richard Anderson, he's got uh, he, he of course has. As the uh, the James Bond supervillain speech, where statement, well, so I'll be immortal for another 21 years, and if something happens to this, oh boy, I'll just it'll reverse and I'll be dead. <laughs> it's like, why would you tell him that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, mm, yeah, I know, I know you think you can catch Carl, but we know Carl better than you do, and Carl's going to do. I mean, and that moment too when Carl destroys the elixir or whatever the heck it is and just just the look on like Richard Anderson's face from like huh what just happened 
oh, you didn't. Yeah. Oh, no. And it's just like, you can almost see, like, like the wind swirling around him or something. And he's just going to, like, shoot through the tables and just grab Carl and beat the stuff. Well, the look on his face him. when he realizes what Carl's done, where mm. it, it's a this great evil look on his face when he's, I'm going to friggin' kill you, dude. <laughs> and <laughs> yes, he starts yes. strangling him, but then he starts aging. And yes. he's got this there's this great moment, and it's got this kind of quiet, almost like music box sounding score going on. And he looks at him, and he just goes, why? Mm-hmm. And then he sees the cops coming in, and then he jumps out the window to his death. And mm-hmm. it's just, it's so great. It, it's a great yeah. kind of a tragedy kind of a moment. Um, it, his performance, like I said... It, it crammed into a 15 minute period mm-hmm. it's just he makes the most of it because you can tell the character is insane cuz he yes. starts talking to his family like they're alive yes and uh, always love those scenes always love the, yes a good good scene with like whether it be deranged or happy birthday to me or whatever a good scene with a bunch of bodies decaying <laughs> around a table is having dinner is always fun yeah and he uh one of the reasons, again, that his character works so well at that in that ending scene is he's very quiet. He's very calm and reserved, yes. which much like, say, I like to use as an example is Mads Mikkelsen's Hannibal Lecter is mm. his character is so still. Mm-hmm. He's very still. He's very quiet. His moves are very slow. And but the entire time you're like freaking out, like, oh my god, what's he gonna do? What's he gonna do? Yeah. Is he gonna is yeah. he gonna snap his neck or what, what's gonna happen? Yeah. And you won't like him when he's angry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and I think that's why his character works in that uh, in that final scene. And it, it would have been interesting. Or maybe it wouldn't have been. I keep, I say that a lot, and I don't know what I'm talking about half the time. But it may have been interesting to see if if they had decided to. Could, could you imagine, like, if if this the Night Strangler, if if it had been like, say, a werewolf or something, mm-hmm. you know, or just just like a more well known um, sort of monster kind of thing, you know, and it was treated more like Night Stalker. It was more like. There's something out there. It's killing people. It's a werewolf, and he goes after. It. So then, rather getting, rather than having to do all the research, and rather than having the big ending, if if they had decided to follow that route, more of a more of a night stalker route, because the because the series in general, I would say more goes the night strangler route. Yes. Things are a bit more expansive. Um, they're not as a couple of the episodes are. You know, pretty straightforward. I mean, I would say the Ripper is probably, although by the time you get to the Ripper, things might be getting a little silly, but they're still a lot of fun. <laughs> um, but but I I think it would have been interesting to see. I think if they had just, well, they brought Richard Matheson back. I wonder if if they had maybe like not brought him back and uh, grabbed some other writer and said, "Hey, you remember Night Stalker? Yeah, I loved it. Write that again." Okay, and you you, you would have gotten something that was maybe a straightforward kind of maybe. A golem or something like that. I, I don't know, but uh, but I, I like the fact that leaving it in Richard Matheson's hands becomes this more expansive, large um, story that, um, uh, in some ways, is similar to Night Stalker, but is is um, in in some ways, in some ways, it's kind of a bit more fun than Night Stalker is. Yeah, and I think it's that uh, added a bit of humor that mm-hmm. they they uh, they injected into Carl. Carl's got some great lines. 
most of the his best stuff is with either Wally Cox or Simon Oakland. There's a great mm-hmm. scene with him and Vincenzo near the end where Carl, you can tell Carl is just, his hubris is just overwhelming him once again, <laughs> where he's like, you need to get him on the phone to the mayor to get him to do what I want him to do. Yes. <laughs> he's yes, like, yes. do you hear yourself? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just said it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, yeah, you, you call the yeah. president, damn it. <laughs> I'm Carl Kolchak. <laughs> I'm Kolchak, damn it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you remember my first story was uh, that unpublished story by Jeff Rice. Yeah. The unpublished story, yeah. Uh, that scene made me laugh so hard because yeah. just you can see he's just like, he's absolutely convinced that, you know, whatever I say, yes. say goes, you know, and, uh, mm-hmm. it, and it's, it, it's brilliant. And I think that's why the film, in my opinion, I think it's the superior of the two TV movies. Mm. I there uh, a, a a couple couple of things a couple more things that I like about it or or well, something here that I always with, with movies like this where there there has to be a certain number of killings done in a certain number of a certain amount of time and then they're going to go away. Yeah. And I think of something like this, I think of what is it squeeze from X-Files with tombs mm-hmm. they're squeezing into the vent. That has where he has to like every 10 years or something he kills like five people. I forget what it is. Um and then there's the great um uh, shot on video, uh, shot in Chicago film 555 from 1988 about a strange hippie killer who every five years kills five couples. Mm. Wait, every five years kills five couples. There's another five in there. I forget, but that's what it is. <laughs> every five years he kills five couples. And it's, it's one of those weird things where like, like sort of like the first killing is like, oh, that was a killing. And the second killing was like, oh, that was kind of similar to that other killing, but we don't have much to go on. The third killing is like, something's happening here. Then by the time you get to like the fourth killing, it's like, oh my gosh, there's going to be one more ki-. You know, it's, it's like, I always feel bad for those first couple people who get killed because you know they're dead no matter what. Yeah. Because they're not going to figure out that something's going on. And unlike the vampire who's just going to keep killing, you know, this is like, we've got 11 days. And there are going to be five killings, and oh, they already happened. Crap, you know it's like oh darn it. Yeah, well, this, oh, the, the well. killer in this, he he succeeds. He gets all six. Yes, yes, and he's ready to drink the drink the brew. Yeah, uh, yeah and I, I, but I, I was I was like the the ones with that because just just the way the way everything's structured. Yes, by by time they figure out what's going on, it's pretty much done. And so you're like, well, you're not really saving the lives on this one. But you're finding out something very entertaining. It's a very interesting story. This well, time. you know, uh, what, the other thing uh, that I like about this in comparison to the other one, and, and I, don't get me wrong, you know, I love Night Stalker. I'm not trying to slam it. I, it's, a, it's a fantastic mm-hmm. oh, sure, film. Sure. But um, <clears throat> the uh, the police captain, Scott Brady, um, he actually did the research, too. Yes, I was gonna. That was the. Yeah, I was gonna mention that. Yeah, yeah. he's like, yeah. yeah, well, yeah. He's like, did you know also in 1951 that, uh, you know, the killer looked uh, extremely handsome and young or whatever? And he's like, what? He's like, yeah, yeah, that's right. You didn't notice that, did you, or whatever? And <laughs> and so he, you know, the cops were actually doing some research instead of just screaming yes. at, at at Carl for you know finding out the truth. Uh, so I I, I liked that aspect of it as well. Yeah, and, and the fact that in the end. They um he gets yeah he gets thrown out of town but it's not it's it is treated more as a oh where are we going now <laughs> rather than a my life is over 
kind of thing. And I, I do, I do like the, um, I mean, Cla- Claude Aikens, you know, I, I, you know, Claude Aikens is one of my favorites. Sure. You know, he's got one of the best butts around. He's fantastic. <laughs> and, um, but, but there's something about the sheriff in this one where, um, like Sheriff Butcher, that's Claude Aikens character's name. He, he, he just seems to like get angry a lot and want to punch Carl and, and doesn't really seem to do much. Whereas the sheriff here is doing stuff, but, but, but it's like what he's up against is something that they just can't quite comprehend. So, so I love, I love that. Yeah, I do research. What are you talking about? You think I would just sit on my ass all day? Of course I'm going to do something. Come on. You know, it's a good lead, you know, it's, but yeah, I, I like that. And, um, Let's see, uh, what else on this? Yeah, because there is a... Oh, yeah, Al Lewis is in this one briefly. Yeah, Grandpa Munster. Grandpa Munster. And, and there is there is the interesting thing in this one where, um, uh, of course, I don't, I don't know if that's... Uh, is that meant to... If people see that it's Al Lewis, would they think it's a vampire in this one, too? Or maybe they... I don't know. But um, uh, but it's, it's funny that you never get, like... Al Lewis is always kind of sitting in dark places throughout here. So you never get like you know it's him, but but you never get a full on like light shining in his face or anything like that. He's always just sitting kind of these dark places doing his his Al Lewis thing, you know, <laughs> drinking like a fish, drinking like a fish. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, what what else do you have for Night Strangler? Ah, uh, I I I don't think I really have much uh, else. But I I, I think mm-hmm. um, if you were the networks at this point, um. Uh, You'd be, you would have been a fool to not think about a series, really. Yes, yeah. Because um, both films were extremely successful and <laughs> highly rated, and you have a character that just begs for a series. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though, like you mentioned um, earlier, I, <laughs> you know, he ends up in Chicago, and it's like, oh, so apparently Chicago's the Hellmouth because yes, the, every, every single episode. monster. <laughs> <laughs> in history ends up in uh, in Chicago um but uh I I think that is probably with the series as well when we get into the series proper um that the one real flaw with the show is it each episode kind of feels like it's a self-contained one-off um yeah. like they don't really seem to go any further with him and Vincenzo's relationship um mm-hmm. it kind of seems like it's always in stasis uh, yeah. You know, it's like they start out being pleasant to each other. He tells him his new story. Vincenzo loses it. You know, stop reporting this garbage. You know, and then the cops get angry at him, and then it never gets published, which makes you wonder how he stays employed at all. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, although the series does bring in, you know, some great characters, um, and. And I think I think that's one of the th- the real appeals of the, the the series itself, you know, with Ron Updike mm-hmm. and, and Miss Emily. Yes, yeah. And uh, even uh, when there's only two appearances by him, but boy, Keenan Wynn as Captain Siska. Yeah, yes, is yeah. hysterical yeah. because he ends up because Carl stresses him out so much, he ends up in an "I'm okay, you're okay," uh, <laughs> you know, kind of a, a therapy group yes. that, of course, Carl mm-hmm. tests his patience. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yes, uh, yeah. But I, I think there's there's a lot to to love about uh, the series. I really do. Mm-hmm. I, I even though I think they kind of ran out of ideas very quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. It's like 
they kind of was like, okay, uh, uh, Jack the Ripper, uh, vampire, uh, werewolf, uh, robot, zombie, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, then they got to the point. Oh, we ran out of money. Uh, we need invisible <laughs> monsters. So, uh, yes, yes. <laughs> what about how about uh, a giant, giant lizard? Yeah, sure. What about sure, an invisible yeah. one that we call the Energy Eater, and it just, uh, yeah. it, it's it's a, a myth uh, that uh, you don't have to show it. So we'll just have yeah. wind blowing a lot. You know, I. I, I just, I just, I the thing, and we'll, we'll talk about this more when we hit the series. But I was the, the the thing with the series for me is that I just don't get the feeling like 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 with Night Stalker that happened, and then Night Strangler they had a bit of time to think about it, and then they gave us this. And if the Night Killers, from what I've heard, Vincenzo and Kolchak end up in Hawaii, yes, and there's something like there are robots and aliens, and I mean it sounds like I don't know like a crazy bionic woman six million dollar man crossover or something like that but it sounds nuts it does <laughs> and and it's so, and it sounds like richard matheson was like taking the next step and being like okay let's go even crazier you know let's let's just whereas the series kind of reels the crazy back in and um tries to sort of parse it out across the episodes and i always got the feeling with the series and then i guess we'll wrap up talking about night strangler um um I always got the feeling with the series that no one actually sat down and worked out how it was going to work. I, I I just get the feeling that when they sat down, they were like, okay, like you said, okay, let's. I made a list, you know, on the whiteboard. Um, uh, werewolf, zombie, Jack the Ripper, vampire. We already did that. We're gonna do it again. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna do this. We're supernatural. That are witches. You know, you know, all this stuff like this, and you know, and but no one actually sat down and thought. Okay, well, how would this? How does it? How does it work? You know how? You know, like 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 the the X Files in its first season, um, isn't at its best. I don't think in its first season. Um, and, uh, and one of the reasons is because it's very it it feels at times very sort of like uh, Kolchak did. It's just sending Mulder and Scully all over the place, and they're getting involved in sort of similar kind of things that they just kind of end and there's no, you know, and nothing, there's no linking material. But then gradually as the show goes on, obviously that becomes a big, big part of it. But but with like Colchak, I just got the feeling with the series that no one sat down and said, okay, we've got all the monsters. So how is this going to work? This one guy working from this one office encounters every single monster we can think of. Yeah. There's got to be sitting at the same desk. There's got to there's got to be so, someone and like David Chase was one of the main writers. You would think yeah. maybe he would have said, "Hey, you know, we have to. There has to be something more to it than that." Yeah, and the thing is, with him being a reporter for a syndicated news service, you would have thought that like that would have been perfect for them to send him all over the country. Yes, you know, or all over the world um, on different assignments. Um, I think what the show was really missing. Uh, as good as it is, is it, it really needed to be more serialized. Yes. And yeah. so you could have the vampire return and maybe stretch it out over a couple episodes where mm. you hear a story about it and then like, you know, uh, maybe a couple episodes later, then he starts really delving into it. And like by the end of the series, the season, the big climax, kind of like they used to do with Buffy, where they would have like the, the, the yeah, overarching yeah. series season villain, uh, that kind of thing. Um, by the way, wasn't the Norlis tapes meant to be another Kolshak movie or an episode? 
I, I've heard mixed things on on what that was supposed to be. Yeah, I I, well, I I I I think the very first time I heard about it, that's what I thought it was meant to be, like the next Kolchak. But then I've also heard that when Darren McGavin didn't want to work with Dan Curtis anymore, mm. he he had this sort of drawn up as like a variation, since he was kind of losing Kolchak at that point. He was trying to come up with something else. Yeah, I was that, that, yeah, I, <laughs> kind of Kolchak without the charm. Um, yes, don't tell Amanda that. Oh, though. I know. I, I, mean, I, know I, she loves I think Roy. She, I think she prefers Norlis tapes to both of these. Oh. I think, and uh, I think I, I I disagree with her, but I disagree <laughs> with her in a way where I actually sound like I'm agreeing with her. Yeah, I don't want you don't want to. You don't. I'm sorry, Amanda. I'm kidding. No, I, I, um, I love Amanda. She, her, <laughs> her, her enthusiasm for these movies is just unparalleled. Mm. Yeah. So, so yeah. So, so what? What? Yeah. What happens now in the history is Night Strangler is big, big, big. Uh, Dan Curtis and Darren McGavin have a falling out, and the, uh, Richard Matheson has already written the next script, The Night Killers, which never gets made. Although you can't find it in some super expensive script book, and probably some jerk scanned it and put it online somewhere. So if you don't want to, I, I don't. I don't say you should go hunt that down, but some jerks probably done that. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, but. Um, and, and yeah, so then what happened is yeah, that the, I guess the network went to Darren McGavin and whoever else and said, "Hey, you want to try it as a series?" And they said, "Let's give it a shot." And so they made twenty episodes, and um, in the next full-length episode of Eventually Super Train, uh, Tim will be joining me, and we will be talking about the Ripper, who may have some similarities to the Stalker and the Strangler, um, but we'll see. We'll see um, when that happens. Um, so, do you have anything else on Night Strangler? Ah, uh, no, I don't think so. I think uh, I, I think I've pretty much uh, exhausted that. <laughs> mm. uh, so let us, um, uh, yeah, I, well, let's let's wrap this up. Where, where can we find you online? Well, uh, you can find me on our B movie podcast, Beauty the Beast and the Bees, that uh, I co-host with uh, Kelly Hogaboom, and. Um, this month we're going to be discussing the Vince Vaughn film Freaky, the <laughs> absolutely bananas film uh, Pieces, which I, I know you did minute uh, the minute by minute pieces pieces <laughs> and pieces, uh, and the Mario Bava classic Black Sabbath, oh. and uh, we are on iTunes and SoundCloud, and you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Excellent. Thank you again uh, for joining me for this. Uh, yeah, that that is that is a nice strangler, everyone. And uh, like I said, join us on the next episode of Venture Super Train. We will be uh, we'll be talking about the Ripper, Jack the Ripper. That is. Talk to y'all next time.